0: now, to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show.
1: I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved.
2: Ricky Carmichael, this is Kevin Schwartz. this is Josh Themit, this is Kelly Smith, this
1: is Travis Petty, this is Jeremy McGrath. And now Pit Pass Radio. Hello again everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly as we continue. Scott Casper with you, Tony Wenk, Roman Avila in studio, PJ Duran with the week off. Uh, Ed camp along the way. I want to thank Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson for their contributions. And yes, I am standing upright, Chris. Appreciate the thought and uh, <laughs> the question. Jack and, De- and uh, Leanne DeLeon are producing our program. Let's go to headline news with
3: uh, Roman Avila. Roman? Well, it's not... It, it is pretty headline. And I guess if you follow, you know, international motocross or MXGP, um, big story is... Uh, Hurling's going one-one, but on the last lap pass to, with him and Kairouli, they kind of get together, and Kairouli goes down.
1: Kairouli went down in a big way. Yeah, I saw that,
3: and and uh, it puts a lot of gets a lot of the what Tony likes to call the internet heroes talking <laughs> a about a lot of experts out there. Oh, you know, a lot of experts, and it.
4: You read about four or five of the comments, yeah, and then it's, you're just like, okay, that's... This is
3: terrible. But, you know, racing's racing. Did Hurlings intend to take him out? No. Yes. Well, I don't... I, I, think don't, it's I a, don't know. I think said. it's a racing incident, and I think Kairoli could have saved himself and just backed off a little bit, because Hurlings was definitely faster. Guys,
4: I think we witnessed something this weekend, something very, very special... What was it? ...that we don't see in this sport or any Enough. sport, really is uh, two brothers at the very top level well, we're gonna, in their class. we're going to talk just,
1: about that. That's a, The whole entire second hour is designed to talk about brothers and racing, Tony.
4: I don't have a brother, Scott. I know, and I'm so sad I'm about that. <laughs> I, I don't I, either, unfortunately. <laughs> I actually
1: do, and I don't talk to him. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk to Daniel Blair from Fox Sports about being a brother and being competitive. But we're going to start the hour, and rightfully so, with two guys, Tony, that you know very well.
4: Yeah, I'm real proud of both of them. A Couple of uh, Minnesota natives. They they grew up right down the road from us, and and I uh, have actually spent a little time with Alex ten years ago. I can't even believe it. But I know, right? Alex Martin and Jeremy Martin join us now, Jack. If you bring them both up, welcome guys to the show and and congratulations over the weekend. What a what a neat thing to watch and experience for us as fans. Yeah, yeah.
2: Thanks, Tony. Thanks for
1: having us on. Now is yeah, this? Thanks. Is this out Al- Let's let's decide who's who. Uh, Alex, say hello. What's up,
4: guys? Hello. Okay. <laughs> Big Al. Alex is the one that sounds more like his mom. Big Al. And uh, <laughs> Jeremy.
1: Jeremy, say hello to our listeners.
4: Hey, what's going on? Okay. All right. Okay. So Alex sounds like he's more from Minnesota. And you Jeremy, know, I listened to his voicemail. Jeremy's been off the farm long. He says, "Please leave Somehow. a
1: voicemail." That's all I hear. <laughs> And and I leave a voicemail. I I never get a return well, call. reason.
4: you got to pull in you got to pull an A mark to get the job done. <laughs> Is that what so, I got to do? <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, uh, and and you can take turns talking about it. But I just I just uh, having known you guys and and uh, you know we don't talk a lot now. But just knowing you over the years and following your career and and uh, I know Alex, you're older and you've you've been at it since 2009 as a pro. Um, which is this is your 10th season you know it's It's, hard to believe but it it is um Mm -hmm. it uh i think it's really special and and to see you guys racing clean and to to race at that level it's just it's uh you know not to make it too corny but i (laughs) i really think it's something that we're not going to get to experience ever again well name another duo dude i yeah, mean seriously I mean,
1: look at plessinger look at cooper Faulkner. i don't care who you look at nobody has a brother that's pressing or even in the field right, right. so right?
4: alex what's that yeah. like As you as the older brother that that you're uh took you longer to, in your career to get to that level but you're there you're at the top
2: oh you're making me blush Tony. <laughs> <laughs> now uh it's
3: actually
2: pretty cool like talking to you tony because uh you know it feels like another lifetime ago, really, 2009, mm-hmm. racing a uh, Lube Honda, West Coast Series, Nate pretty much didn't qualify for most of the <laughs> Supercross races.
4: I remember. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, man, so long ago, and I think I started to get some momentum in the in the Outdoor Series that year, and, like, Wonder Warthog and Private Gear stuff. And, wow. Yeah, you know, grinded for seven years, and finally got a factory out with Star, and and now I've been with TLD for two years, and it's fun. It's, it's obviously really cool to be to be battling with Jerma for race wins now. And, you know, the last couple of years, been up front in the Nationals battling. So um, it just feels like such a long time ago, though, that we were, we were uh, you know, driving the motorhome up to, man, what was it? Drove the motorhome. The one of the West Coast Supercross
4: races. It was Remember, uh, the drove right. Yeah, yeah. It was the uh, the one up in uh, uh, San, San, San 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 Francisco. San,
1: okay, San Francisco.
4: Yeah, we had Kiwi yeah. with us. It was, it was miserable. I had to drive all the way back, and I'm like, "That's it, boys. <laughs> I'm done." I pulled over, and, and it was. But you know what? It was. It was. Um, I honestly think if if you had had you were a victim, I think of the time. Two thousand nine was coming right out of right out of the, the recession recession yeah. and it bad left, timing and you were you were a, a I mean you were Alex Martin and it was it was a you know you were a guy that should have had a, a better ride better than what ride. you did but no. there just wasn't anything available so um, I do remember uh, you know wishing that I had better equipment for you and that kind of thing and, and knowing that you're you're basically taking a knife to a gunfight and uh, but that's mm-hmm. but that was that you were there because that's what was available to you, right. you know. And then I think yeah. uh, Jeremy, you, you know, you being a little younger, the economy, the the definitely the industry was on a on an uptick and, and definitely a more positive area. What when did what year did you turn pro, Jeremy?
2: Uh, I turned. I did a my first professional race. I think it was Unadilla in two thousand and twelve. Wow. Um, and then my first full rookie season was it's in two thousand thirteen.
1: It seems like we've been talking about the Martin brothers forever, but out of Millville, Minnesota, it's not too far. I mean, I remember Tony Tyson, I Tony, if you recall, we're, rode motorcycles up there. We switched, you know, every fifteen twenty minutes because my hands were asleep.
4: You'd ride on the back with him, <coughs> yeah. Every fifteen yeah. minutes. Oh, oh not that. Pilot. Oh.
1: But um, Jeremy, I remember going up to your property and being so very proud of of you and Alex and being on your property up there with your folks. Um uh, but now I see you know the family's almost split. And Jeremy, talk about you riding a Honda and talk about Alex riding a KTM. Is that difficult for you guys or is it just a a paint job?
2: Um I mean it's just I mean we were fortunate enough to be able to ride together on the same team back in was it two thousand and sixteen Big Al? Yep, yeah, with Star. Yeah. Yeah, with Star. So, I mean, that was cool. You know, I mean, we trained together in 2015, and then to be on the same team was was cool. We were around each other all the time, and and that was that was really it was fun. You know, it was kind of like we grew up. Like, right. Alex was riding for Ty Lube, and I had the Super Mini, and we'd go down and we'd just ride together, and you know, we'd do our deal. So, um, you know, now nowadays it's obviously a little bit different. I mean, he's got he's got TLD ktm he works with and i work with geico honda so it's two different programs we don't see each other nowhere near as much as we used to but you know i can he's still a phone call away so i can't quite get rid of
1: them you know tony here's the deal right now if you call alex on his phone he can save you 15 percent on the your... jeremy i'm sorry <laughs> jeremy Jer- jeremy yeah because alex will forward you to jeremy's number but if you call jeremy right now you can save 15 percent on your insurance with geico
4: mm-hmm.
3: did Super. you know that
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's. A hey guys, let's uh, shameless plug.
3: Let's talk about last weekend. How did how did that go for you two in that second moto?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that was a pretty <laughs> unique and cool experience because uh, I mean Jeremy and I have shared the podium, you know, quite a bit over the last couple of years. But um, it, it doesn't really sink in, obviously, when we're out there going toe to toe. But like second moto is kind of cool that you know it was basically you know winner take all whoever gets the moto win gets the overall and you know we battled for a good 15 minutes and um, i mean i was happy to get that whole shot leaps and laps and and try my best to hold germ off but just kind of the whole scenario was pretty cool how it played out and and you know how we're um in the fight for the championship it's it's going to be an exciting summer and and i'm you know just trying to i'm back here in florida trying to get myself uh is better prepared as I can, so I can kick his ass this summer.
4: <laughs> plenty warm down in Florida too. I imagine.
2: Yeah, it's pretty humid for sure. Uh, you know, German's got the elevation, altitude. He's he's going up to ten thousand feet on a regular basis. But I got the you know ninety five degrees and the humidity in there. The benefits are almost mutual. But I guess we'll see what's better at the end of the summer.
1: <laughs> you know, Tony, you love the humidity, right? I do.
4: Yeah, I was just telling Amart that on off, and off I, air,
1: and I don't obviously um but sweat i I think when you get a good sweat going there's a benefit right
4: yeah you you get a good drip down your butt crack if that's what you're talking about i don't know (laughs) that's a benefit or not well
1: and you thought about me destroying the show but you just (laughs) nailed it um what is it uh between jeremy and alex alex let's start with you what is it about working up a good sweat while training that uh you find beneficial
2: um, well, there's a lot to be said, like, from a scientific standpoint of,
1: uh,
2: how the body adapts to the heat and in heat shock proteins and, uh, you know, your blood plasma and all that stuff that there's a lot of advantages physically to training in the heat, but okay. there's a lot, to, to be gained with the altitude, Jeremy, and the red blood cells, the hemoglobin and all that stuff. So what so.
3: if you, so what if you train in the heat and at altitude? Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, oh boy. Oh
2: boy. I don't know if there's anything like that anywhere on the planet. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. I've been there.
1: It's called Where? Afghanistan. Oh,
3: <laughs> right. You know, I, yeah. in the Middle East. Yeah, I,
2: don't, I don't know if there's many good uh, tracks in Afghanistan. Yeah, uh, I. I we did see some dirt it's bikes,
3: and sandbox. I was and I was super tempted to jump on one and ride one. But when I was over there, I
1: became immediately dehydrated, and I almost died. Oh, uh, well. Okay. Hydrate,
3: hydrate, or die well there what are they big, say.
1: you remember the big pallets of water in the middle yeah. of the desert you just ride up grab a, a liter sure. and a half i don't no. remember it no. well but i was there anyway, anyway so we're talking with uh, the martin brothers uh, this portion of our program brought to you by hecklin power sports in grimes iowa see the friendly staff there find them online
4: at hecklinpowersports.com alex you're you're down at baker factory in florida jeremy you're up in uh, in colorado with eli tomac um can you guys both kind of talk about your your training and and what that's like on a typical week for you? I mean, I, Tomac, I assume does a lot of pedaling. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, we we do our fair share of uh, of mountain biking and 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 riding and some gym stuff, but uh, it's just really laid back. Back, you know, here in Cortez, Colorado, it's um, it kind of reminds me of growing up in Millville. Everything's pretty. Um, we're out in the country and we're pretty secluded, and it's just. Uh, there's nothing to do but just kinda of train and focus on what needs to be done.
1: You know, for me, the only thing in Millville, Minnesota are the Martins. That's it. I would never go there for any other reason other than to see the Martins. That's it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Alex, what's it I mean, like I, down at the I, Baker Factory?
2: Yeah, it's uh it's, it's cool. It's you know, I'm grateful to to be able to train down here at this facility and um, you know, train with, you know, Marvin and Zach and Jason and and uh, Dean, Shane, all, you know, all the guys, it's, it's a cool group. And, um, you know, they do a good job keeping up with the facility and they got good equipment and, you know, we actually just got a new track layout. So, um, and, and a chance to get the race in the heat and, and have your body adapt to that is always cool too. So yeah, keeps it fun for sure. We've, we've, Durham and I have both trained, man, everywhere basically from California, Minnesota. We spent some time in Nebraska, Iowa, and, you know, South Carolina, Club of Max and, even down in Carmichael so, so we definitely kind of hit every spot of the country it seems like
4: I gotta ask you guys both we, we were talking about this earlier with uh, a little bit old news now with Brock tickle but um, with such a, a strict training regimen and, and knowing exactly what you're putting in your body and and knowing what's legal and what isn't legal how did this happen how did how does that happen um W- with wada and, and do you think wada has a place and do, do you think they should have a place here in our sport
2: yeah, yeah for sure i, I guess I'll, they should have a place in
1: the sport. Uh, that's, no. let's go to jeremy jeremy
2: yeah yeah i mean i think for sure wada should have a place in the sport i mean um this is this is a very you know i know it's not really considered an endurance sport because you're on a dirt bike and people are like well you just get on it and push the throttle and go but it's kind of the opposite, and um, I think it's good. And it's it's crazy. It's a, it's a really big bummer that Brock, you know, got busted or whatever. But um, you know, I mean, Elden's regarded as one of the best trainers of all time, and you know, he's known for being really strict and telling the riders what to what to take and what what not to and stuff like that. So I'm pretty surprised that um, you know pretty crazy that something like
1: that ended up happening well remember that the products that we put in our body are not always accurately described and because WADA, the world anti-doping agency if you will um says that you know somebody's violated a rule uh, like like Stewart, for example okay it, just speak it, it may be an instance where you have a product that has something in it that is violating uh the rule or the code so when they test it it's it's kind of questionable but at least we have a a a bar okay set the bar tony set the bar the bar's here okay and you've got to make sure you're under the bar that's the deal
4: alex is training there i'd like to hear his his
1: well let's go to alex alex what are your thoughts
2: yeah Yeah, no i mean honestly it's kind of concerning with the way brock got uh popped because that methyl hexanamine that he got in the system uh I mean, you can go into any Gen vitamin shop across right. the country, buy some pre-workout, which, you know, people in L.A. fitnesses and gyms across the country are probably taking before they go do their workouts, and that could very well get you, uh, you know, a failed drug test. Exactly. It, it sucks because, like Jeremy said, um, we need WADA and USADA in our sport to keep things clean because we don't need things like steroids, human growth hormone, and those type of supplements, obviously. Um, you know, that have real performance be- benefits, but uh, it's like it should be for something like Brock, like it should be maybe like a five, six race suspension. Like, I don't know four years is a little steep, and it's I think that their protocol is a little bit more geared towards like track and field athletes and cyclists
4: or wrestlers.
2: Um, yeah, so
4: I just think it's, yeah, but, you know, we're not going to see Brock on the track again, is what I think. That, and that's a bummer. Right? It just stinks. I mean, he was a factory racer and and uh it was
1: i guarantee it was not yeah. intentional i guarantee I, you i, I believe no, that. it's that's not intentional
3: and
2: like it's so it's scary how easy it is like i mean shoot i mean hopefully i mean because it could have very well been a contamination thing and it's like
3: well, right And but they destroy all the samples that's the kicker yeah. for me but
1: that it scratches my head s- all the time
3: so here's and i understand what how we got water it's because the fim no, it's because the, the U.S. Meddling.
1: doping agency sucked. That's why what, we got it. Because no,
3: the U.S. doping agency actually is, isn't that what uh, outdoors uses? Yeah. Right? And they've, I've heard better things about that. <laughs> no, they suck,
1: dude. I got to they suck. Anyway. anyway. Um, WADA is 100% better and WADA isn't, isn't that good. But we have to have a bar. We have to have a
3: well, we, right. Yeah. You have All to have right. a bar that's attainable, and you got to have proper communication with the athletes, with the teams. WADA does not do that, and hasn't no, I mean, done a it.
2: Prime, a prime example is Chris Broom is nine months into a a case with I think a uh, asthma uh, inhaler that he got popped for nine months ago, and they still haven't resolved. Well, with water
3: and nine months, and Cade Clayson's the same way, right? Didn't he get not, and I don't think it's asthma, but he got popped and he still hasn't had a decision.
2: It was Adderall that got him, yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, well. So, so I mean I, I, I from a from an athlete perspective, from you know Are you I, I, an athlete? Well, yeah, I used to be. <laughs> I just up- pretend so. to ride dirt bikes now. <laughs> but uh you know, I, I just can't imagine that any sanctioning body for sports, would want a you know a, a, a doping agency or whatever to not have a communication line open. So anyway, the two most that's. visible,
1: uh, two most visible sports that deal with WADA are fighting and motorcycle racing. Okay, and they both called WADA into question. There's got to be a problem there. When when my when my buddy fought in in Japan. And they said he was dirty, and they immediately destroyed the evidence. How is that right?
4: Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. But, uh Hey, we got High Point coming up, Martins, and uh, I can't wait to see what you guys
3: do. I'm trying no, another one-two battle, maybe. Be awesome. That would be sweet. Yeah.
4: Well, yeah. who
3: would be number one, though? Alex? I, I'm going to go for Big Al. <laughs> Big <laughs> okay. Al all the way. And you wonder
4: I'm, why Jeremy doesn't answer your calls, boys. Jeremy, <laughs> hey.
1: uh, I got Jeremy. I got Jeremy I, in uh, the number one spot.
3: I think they're both great. I, I applaud both of you guys what you're accomplishing. It, it's amazing, and uh, it's great that you can have your brother there beside you to uh, to accomplish that. So,
1: Jeremy, will you take my calls from now on? Yeah. Yeah, um, I can take guys' calls. Yeah, I didn't even have the number <laughs> saved. Dude, I, I called you like five freaking times.
3: You Seriously. probably thought you were some stalker. <laughs> I was a stalker.
1: That's my job. Yeah, this is I'm a professional of, have a good
4: stalker. service up there. Yeah, <laughs> that must be. That it.
1: I I don't doubt <laughs> that at all. I
4: left messages
1: anyway. Jeremy and Alex Martin have been our guests. They are our two favorite brothers, and I got to tell you, dude, the uh, dudes, the future looks awfully bright because you are part of our racing scene and uh finishing well on the weekend but we're looking forward to what the future looks like for you guys good job out of both of you jeremy thank you alex thank you so much thank you yep.
2: yeah thanks for having
1: us on all right guys Hey, best of your mom and dad okay there we go they
4: head to the uh, pits tony who's up next yeah we're going to talk to daniel blair who's with fox sports this is pit pass stay tuned hey this-